This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are in the Citizen Capital Studios in Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. He's running. Bernie Sanders announcing today that he is running for a Senate seat. <laughs> was it? I, I, I don't get this announcement. Was there ever any doubt that yeah. he would rerun? I, I, I don't I guess think there he... was any doubt, but I think it was a message to Al Giordano <laughs> that he's ready for him. Although I think Al has, uh, as you told me earlier, Sam, uh, suspended his campaign, his exploratory uh, bid for uh, to unseat Bernie Sanders in Vermont. Well, I guess Bernie had to announce that he was running again at some point to make that formal declaration, but... Yeah. Cool. An unsurprising announcement today as well. Hillary Clinton coming out supporting the uh, female candidate who could be the first lesbian governor of New York, a very uh, transformative figure, progressive figure, Andrew Cuomo. (laughs) Yes, Hillary Clinton choosing to endorse uh, white dude bro Andrew Cuomo instead of Cynthia Nixon in the New York governor race. Um, Maybe a surprise to some of her supporters, not a surprise to any of us. The first thing I thought of was that time Madeleine Albright said there was a special place in hell for women who don't support other women. (laughs) Yes, Hillary Clinton going straight to hell. (laughs) I'm not saying I was in any way surprised by the announcement. I was just that that was where my mind went. I was like, oh, I remember this. I do enjoy the take that says Hillary Clinton, knowing that her brand is completely toxic, is playing a game of 12th dimensional chess in hopes of boosting Cynthia Nixon's candidacy by supporting Andrew Cuomo. Of course, that's not true, but it could be the end effect of her endorsement. Anyways, moving on, we're going to get to the newscast here in just a second. But first, shout out to all our subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Five bucks a month. You get the good feeling of helping the news co-op in D.C. You also get bonus content like our once a week Sentinel cast. And you get your own poem written by the two Sams read on this newscast. It's a haiku you get. And we're about to read some right now. This one is for Michael. Want to beat Nazis? Then they must be debated, just like Stalin did. Thank you, Michael. This is for Megan. Heading to summer. Ice cream melts quicker now, but no more meltdown May. Thank you, Megan. Finally, this is for Sam. A gaggle of geese, a pack of wolves, den of thieves, a slurry of Sam's. Thank you, Sam. And again, thank you to our Patreon subscribers. That's patreon.com slash District Sentinel. It's Monday, May 21st, 2018. Here's the news. The Supreme Court said today that the right of workers to organize doesn't include legal action. 
Justices ruled 5-4 to four that employers can force their underlings to settle disputes in private arbitration on an individualized basis through clauses in employment contracts. Those challenging these contracts claim they violate the National Labor Relations Act, the 1935 law establishing the right of workers to organize. Section 7 says employees must be allowed to work together to engage in, quote, concerted activities for the purpose of mutual aid or protection. The conservative majority, however, ruled this doesn't include class action lawsuits or collective arbitration even. Writing for the majority, Neil Gorsuch dismissed concerted activities as a catch-all term. He claimed it's specific to traditional union tactics enumerated specifically by the NLRA, collective bargaining, striking, etc., Writing for the minority, Ruth Bader Ginsburg basically accused Gorsuch of being a pedant. She said concerted activities was intended to be a wide-ranging term and that the majority was misusing legal analysis, quote, to undermine Congress's efforts to draft encompassing legislation. Ginsburg also warned of the return of pre-NLRA yellow dog contracts when employers forced workers to give up their right to join a union as a precondition for employment. Looks like those judicial activist billionaires are uh, really getting their fucking money's worth here. I bet you uh, Phil Anschutz sent Mitch McConnell some new uh, some money to cover subscriptions for BigNaturals.com if, if, if in fact, mm. the majority leader feels like it. Mm. Well, thank you, Mr. Anschutz. <laughs> President Trump is meeting with the FBI director and the deputy attorney general at the White House this afternoon. Their topic of discussion reports that an FBI informant had infiltrated the Trump campaign. The New York Times confirmed over the weekend that as part of their counterintelligence investigation into members of the Trump campaign, the feds relied on the help of an informant who met with key figures now under scrutiny by special counsel Mueller, people like George Papadopoulos, Carter Page, and Michael Flynn. The Times didn't name the informant, but other outlets have since concluded that it's Stephen Halper, a veteran of the Nixon, Carter, and Reagan administrations, and a guy who has previously done covert work with the CIA. Anyway, all of this is likely above board, Pretty standard investigatory tactics. And, you know, we've documented on the Sentinel how the federal government is quite reliant on informants. That itself is problematic. But the fact that they're using them on the Trump campaign isn't out of the ordinary. Anyway, Trump is flipping out about it. On Twitter, he demanded an investigation into it, and he's getting what he wants. A DOJ spokesperson said, quote, the inspector general will consult with the appropriate U.S. attorney if there is any evidence of potential criminal conduct. And Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein said, quote, if anyone did infiltrate or surveil participants in a presidential campaign for inappropriate purposes, we need to know about it and take appropriate action. Rosenstein and FBI Director Christopher Wray were summoned to the White House on Monday, a move that could further erode the independent judiciary, just as the nation careens from one so-called constitutional crisis to another. Mike Pompeo is getting to work as Secretary of State. Today, he gave a speech outlining the administration's Iran policy. Here he is at the Heritage Foundation. Notice him stumbling over his words, the clumsy bumblefuck. We must beginning to, to define what it is that we demand from Iran. First, Iran must declare to the IAEA full account of the prior military dimensions of its nuclear program and permanently and verifiably abandon such work in perpetuity. Second, Iran must stop enrichment and never pursue plutonium reprocessing. This includes closing its heavy water reactor. Third, Iran must also provide the IA with unqualified access to all sites throughout the entire country. 
Iran must end its proliferation of ballistic missiles and halt further launching or development of nuclear-capable missile systems. That last one's kind of a big deal. In other words, Pompeo says, Iran can't even have conventional missiles. What next? Give up its whole army? Predictably, Iranian officials responded by hitting out at Pompeo. They accused him of making demands in bad faith. Foreign Minister Javad Zarif tweeted, quote, U.S. diplomacy sham is merely a regression to old habits. Iran, meanwhile, is working with partners for post-U.S. JCPOA solutions. Speaking of old habits and the word sham, today Vice President Mike Pence called the Venezuelan government illegitimate. Pence called the country's Sunday elections, quote, a sham, no doubt drawing on the time-honored tradition of U.S. respect for Latin American democracy there. (laughs) President Nicolas Maduro won the election with 68% of the vote. Turnout was much lower than normal in years past because the vote was boycotted by much of the opposition. Break up Facebook. That's what a consortium of progressive groups are calling on the Federal Trade Commission to do. Demand Progress, Content Creators Coalition, the Open Markets Institute, MoveOn.org, Jewish Voices for Peace, and other groups wrote a letter to the FTC urging the regulatory agency to force Facebook to sell off some of its assets. Reading from the group's campaign website, quote, Facebook unilaterally decides the news that billions of people around the world see every day. It buys up or bankrupts potential competitors to protect its monopoly, killing innovation and choice. It tracks us almost everywhere we go on the web and through our smartphones, even where we go in the real world. Their letter calls for Facebook to move subsidiaries like Instagram and WhatsApp into separate companies, as well as strengthen privacy rules. Finally, President Trump today honored NASCAR champion Martin Truex Jr. Here was the president at the White House explaining one reason why he thinks that NASCAR is good. And I will tell you one thing I know about NASCAR. They do indeed, Brian, stand for the playing of the national anthem, right? They do indeed. Somebody said, maybe you shouldn't say that. That'll be controversial. I said, that's okay. NASCAR's not going to mind it at all. Right, fellas? They don't mind it at all. That was just one reason why the speech was shitty. They didn't let Trump get in the race car, nor did the president imitate the sound of a race car, as, well, this journalist had predicted. So that's twice now my predictions about Trump have turned out wrong. At the start of the winter, I'd said he would slip and fall on camera because of snow and ice. He didn't. So... Just wanted to hold my hand up and admit I was wrong in both cases there. Poor Trump didn't get to play in the race car. Got to play the race card, though, by claiming the all-white sport is way more patriotic than the NFL. Nice one, Trump. All right, that's the show today. Before we go, let's check out the old listener rant line. Hello, Samuel. Greetings, Samuel. Warper. Hello. This is Senate Majority Leader Mitch McCall, and to let you know that I am out here in Amish smoking a big old boink in memory of our young King Dave. Big natural boink. Gang. Mm, Didn't realize the Majority Leader was a fan of the legend, young King Dave. Sometimes your leaders just know the right words to say at the right moment. I'm hearing a lot of talk. Hey, guys, it's Stuart. I'm hearing a lot of talk. Solid- oh, wait, hang on. Hey, uh, Sam, Sam, hi. It's George. How you doing? Uh, solitary, solidarity with slash fuck you, intern Nate. 
Uh, I miss you, Internate. Slash, I'm glad you're gone. Internate, I don't know where we're at there on that bit. Uh, so, yeah, as, a, as usual, I'm covering my bases. Anyway, hey, listen, I'm hearing a lot of talk about Mario and Luigi and Wario and Waluigi and, and Princess Peach and Bowser, King of the Koopas. But you know what I'm not hearing? Let, let, let's just, let me just ask you this question. Where do these Mario games take place? They take place in the Mushroom Kingdom, right? Well, who's a, who, who makes up the mushrooms in the Mushroom Kingdom? Well, we got the, the guys that look like Toad. The little mushroom people, and we got Goombas, right? The the little angry mushroom guys. All right, now these. How come nobody's talking about these guys? These these are this is the working class, huh? You guys, you, y'all talking talking solidarity, y'all talking yallidarity, uh, y'all talking uh, Richard Scary, the worm driving the apple around. I don't know. I'm turning to Don King over here or something. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but listen, look, solidarity with the Goombas, all right? Too long. They've been squashed under the fascist-ass boot of Mario and Luigi. Thank you. Love you guys. Have a great week. I think that's a take that's been missing, is the Goombas are truly the innocents of the Mushroom Kingdom. Also, uh, the extent to which Yoshi is complicit. Mm. Well, uh, Yoshi's innocent. Yoshi's a dog. A version of a dog. Right, right. So if like if if Mario and Luigi are cops, then Yoshi is a police dog slash horse. Yeah, yeah, that is unfortunate. Okay. It's me, Officer Mario, <laughs> calling to set the record straight. My uh, brother Luigi are absolutely the popo. <laughs> now I'm being summoned to intercept the shipment of a magic mushrooms. Here I go. <laughs> uh, I believe that was a confession from Mario himself that he and his brother are cops. That settles it. I guess we'll get uh, no more calls on this now. Barefoot is legal. <laughs> Barefoot is legal is, I believe, the message. Yes, I don't think there are federal laws or state laws against being barefoot, uh, but we do have internal regulations in the Sentinel Fort. Well, maybe uh, being barefoot is concerted activity under Section 7 of the NLRA. Think about that. Hey, uh, I just calling in. I want to say, I think, uh, fortunately, we've lost some of this bush magic, and I think we need the... George W. Bush seeing you to really kick it, take it to overdrive if you catch my drift. Now, I don't know if any gas fans are willing to help out on this, but oh God, dude. it's really needed. We need that ghost power for the rest of the series. Thank you. Please do not uh, this the, do not turn the rant line into a conspiracy to uh, do bad to do illegal yeah, things. Yeah, we don't uh, condone anything. Although the the proverb does not the proverb, but the saying. The saying goes, the uh, tree of the Capitals Stanley Cup victory <laughs> must be watered from time to time. <laughs> We're just going to end the show right there, shall we? Call the rant line, 202-684-6108. Please do not threaten anyone on the rant line. Thank you to our sponsors, 
Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Other sponsors include levelnews.org and Citizen Capital. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or tune in by searching for District 7 Radio. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Tell your friends to listen. The newscast returns tomorrow. We're in D.C., so you don't have to be.